0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: And key saying that because if you know anything about the Notre Dame-USC rivalry is that it has been one of college football's grandest rivalries for years, normally played towards the end of the season. Of course, this is a season unlike any other key. We are ready to go Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin—you just heard a few seconds ago. Brian Kelly joining us at 9 a.m. Eastern, so any second now, the Notre Dame head coach will be on the line. Jay clapping it up, ready to go. This is the biggest game of the season today. We had George Alabama, we saw how it turned out, but this is a big one—a top-five clash with a young kid heading on the road. Realize no fans going into South Bend. This is one of the ACC's biggest regular season tilts in years. Keyshawn, it, it is,
2: and it's—it's—it's it's, it's interesting. There's no fans. The the key to me in this situation is when you got a young quarterback going on the road in a hostile environment that's not going to be hostile, right. right? That's true. What's the weather like, mm. right? Because they, they, you know Notre Dame, they get you in there with that high grass and and, and it, it, it it the dew and it starts to misty, a little bit of rain, and, and so when you start to think about that adversity side for a young quarterback in, let me see if I can get it right, DJ i DJU a... <laughs> dj you dj oh, i don't care i will keep TJ trying Tuscalooga. What <laughs> when you get that young quarterback in that type of environment and the balls get the slopping around and things like that happen where does that adversity does he channel that adversity does he panic does he start to you know worry about those things i mean it's a it's and it, it you've never played in outdoors, Jay, in this type of environment. But I remember as a player going into Notre Dame, the only thing you're thinking about, is what's my cleats? Oh, my God, is it going to rain? It's an overcast. It's a, For the first time I ever went into Notre Dame because you, you, you your mind started to
0: play with you. Well, how did it actually translate?
2: Well, when we actually, lost. We lost the game. I balled, but we lost the game.
0: I mean, but did you? <laughs> most what, importantly, I, yeah, you most importantly, I balled, but we lost.
2: I mean, but, like, no, knew- meaning like we we just lost. We, we I don't. Know, we lost some players. We taking money, and it's just it was ugly. We should Let's mention the uh,
1: weather forecast: uh, <laughs> sunny and seventy degrees, oh, unseasonably okay. warm. So he's Ooh. good.
2: You know, when we start getting to November and I start getting to that part of the country, the first thing I think of is snow, rain, mist. That would be my only concern with Clemson going in there. In terms of on the football field, I think Clemson has some challenges on the defensive side of the ball. I think Ian Book, I think their offense can certainly generate some points and apply some pressure to Clemson and have to match them point for point.
1: Yes, and we should also mention kickoff is at 7:30 Eastern, so it might be slightly cooler because the sun will be down. But everybody in the college yeah, football yeah, but it won't world,
2: be it won't be that Chicago type Milwaukee weather. Right,
1: it's early November yeah. with Notre Dame sitting about 80 to 90 minutes away from Chicago. It's a pleasure to welcome in for the second time on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Coach Kelly Key. You might remember was with us the day the Big Ten said, "Hey." We got some big news to make Brian Kelly joins us this morning on the shell Pennzoil performance Line. Good morning, coach. First things first, how did you navigate around all of your players having off yesterday? In fact, all college football players and college athletes having off yesterday in order to vote and participate in the voting process yet still trying to prepare for one of your biggest games in years.
3: Well, we changed our schedule up, you know, we came in on Sunday and, uh, you know, lifted our guys' uh, treatment, uh, scout and report, and then, uh, you know, practiced on Monday and, and had their day off yesterday. So, you know, it was, you know, a little bit different in terms of our routine and testing and things of that nature. But, you know, the NCAA looked at it as uh, an opportunity to give these guys, an you know, a chance to, you know, be involved in voting. But, you know, as we all know, the reality of it is, You know, 90 of 114 of my players had already voted absentee. And, you know, with COVID, they can't be active in the community, right? They can't be at polling places. They can't do volunteerism. So I think it was a great idea. I just don't know how well it was thought out relative to, you know, in-season sports and, and relative to what they could actually do. So they were all chomping at the bit. They wanted to do something yesterday. And you really couldn't do much with the kids. So... Um, I think the NCAA had it right in terms of what the thought process was. And, and maybe me moving forward, uh, this is something that we can do once we get out of COVID. But you know, because of the COVID uh, really doesn't afford them the opportunity to be active in the community and, and um, volunteer and helping getting out the vote, um, it made it a little bit different from that perspective.
2: Yeah, that'll be great in the future that they certainly can get out in the community and do things. I'm just glad to see that. The NC2A was at least thinking about the kids and not about themselves moving forward. Coach, uh, where does this game against Clemson rank in the regular season? Because obviously, you played in the the final of the national championship. Uh, as far as biggest games in the regular season in your tenure at Notre Dame, uh,
3: you know, I've had a number of them. You know, we played. You know, the the one thing that's interesting, Keyshawn, is that my 11 years, this is only the second t- time we've had a top 10 team play at Notre Dame Stadium. Hmm. You know, it, it, everybody talks about, you know, how we've done against top 10 teams, but we've played them all on the road. And, and so it's nice to get a top 10 team. The last time we've had a top 10 team here was in 2018, and and we beat Stanford. So it's nice to get a a top 10 Mm. team because they're good teams, right? You know, you want them at home. So I I just think, you know, from that perspective, you know, you're getting a really good football team. You're getting it at home. They've got to travel here. Um, You know, we would have liked it to be a little bit cooler for the boys coming up here. But, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. Hey, Coach, that's what I said, though. I
2: said the one thing that I know is going into Notre Dame – With that high grass and that mist and that just that dew, it's just a it it it, psychologically it plays with your mind. That's what I do know.
3: But now we've changed everything, Keyshawn. You would have you would have tore it up. We we now have field turf. Oh, we got a beautiful new locker room. Oh, it's going to be seventy degrees. See, that's a mistake. Well, no, it's not because we have a great offensive line and we're going to run the football and. you know, it's 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 a different world, but uh, yeah, again, it's exciting. Our guys are excited, but you know, you got to keep it in perspective. This is the first time we've ever been in a conference, yeah. so you know we're playing for a conference championship. So you know, you know when you're in the in in, in the Pac-12, it's one game, and they all count. Next week against BC, it counts the same. <laughs> you know, so it's exciting. It's great that you know one's playing 4 I'm glad we're playing at home but if we can't get up next week for BC, it really doesn't matter
0: what we do. Yeah. Coach, when I was playing at Duke, uh, coach K used to always talk about motivation, finding ways to really get your team to that next level. Psychologically. You guys, uh, you had that 30 to three loss to Clemson in the playoffs two years ago. Have you used that as motivation for this week?
3: Not really. It was a 10, three game at half. And, you know, we lost a couple of key players and, you know, got you know going into half, they scored right before we had lost Julian Love, our star corner, um, and and they hit a vertical on us. You know, late before the half, but we felt like physically, you know, we were in a pretty good place. Now that was an immensely talented receiving core, um, and you know, losing somebody of the caliber of Julian Love, who plays for the Giants, now was a was a big hit for us. But we felt like you know, look, that was a great defensive line and that was a couple of years ago, we return all the same guys on that offensive line that played in that game. So, you know, I don't know that we've had to do a lot of selling to our guys. They played in that game. They know who they're playing against. It's a really, really good football team by what they've done and accomplished. Um, but this is really about playing your best when your best is needed. I mean, it's Saturday night, and – you know our guys have played in these big games before. They just have to execute at the highest level on that one night.
2: Brian Kelly, Notre Dame Fighting Irish head football coach, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Coach, you got a young quarterback in DJ. I'll try to say his name, Uga Galea, coming in. <laughs> just, uh, Good for close. you.
0: Good
3: <laughs> for you. Right.
0: What do you guys call him, Coach? Real quick. What, what's his nickname?
3: no it's it's a really good freshman quarterback <laughs> <laughs> right it's hard it's hard
2: to say it's it's hard to say his name, but you got a young quarterback coming in on a off of a pretty good performance against b c in the second half of that football game. What do you guys have to do to prepare for him to not have a repeat of that second half throughout the game
3: well i I think look. They control what they want to do with him. We don't necessarily control. If they want to get the ball out of his hands quickly, if they want to move the pocket, if they want to do things structurally to protect him, they can certainly do that. He's not a guy that needs a lot of protection. He's he's really a, a, an outstanding football player. What we have to do from our end of things more than anything else is whatever he gets, he's got to earn and we can't give him free access throws. We can't give him easy throws um, throughout the evening. So, you know, what looks like a free access throw, maybe it's not a free access Mm -hmm. throw. What looks like cover two, maybe it's not cover two. So just some of those things where he can't sit back there and and, and just say, okay, that's an easy throw. I've seen that a hundred times. I'm going to take it because he hasn't seen it a hundred times because he is a freshman. So just trying to mix things up a little bit and, and get our cleats in the ground and, and uh, you know, play fast and play physical.
0: Coach, do you feel like your team gets the respect that warrants being the fourth best team in the country where you guys are currently ranked right now?
3: You know, it's not really for me to to determine that. We've won 12 consecutive games in a row. It's the lar- longest winning streak in college football. We've won 22 consecutive at home. Um I think we're 29 and three in our last 32. We've won a lot of football games. Um, It's hard to break through this, this ceiling of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state. Those are, those are great, great football teams. Um, We're trying to do that. And to break through that, you know, you gotta, you gotta win a national championship. You know, we've, we've been in the college playoffs a couple of times. Um, But we got to keep banging at that door, and and so uh, keep winning football games. Be consistent as a program. Keep winning, and and that's all you can do. And then and then when you get your chance, you got to break through.
1: It'll be a breakthrough moment if indeed it happens. It is one of the biggest games that we've seen in the ACC in quite some time. Clemson has always kind of been involved in those types of games. And this year, Notre Dame eligible to play in the ACC championship game. And who knows? I mean, I know Coach speak is always one game at a time, but this could be the first of a couple of different meetings between the Irish and the Tigers. Coach, thanks for joining us this morning and best of luck. Really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us.
0: Good luck and go My get them. pleasure, em. guys. Thanks, Coach. All right, take care. A mm-hmm.
1: couple things to clean up here. A lot of fans may be wondering, you know, is this part of the move to go to the ACC full time. And you may recall, I mentioned at the top of the interview that uh, Brian Kelly was with us once before in August, right at the beginning of our show uh, when it launched. And he did say that they want to preserve their independence. So if you're an Irish fan out there, you realize we're getting closer to the ACC. Now we're eligible for the title game because of the one year situation. But he has said in years past, they want to preserve their independence. I want to ask you about one guy. We spend so much time talking about, or whatever you did to mangle the English language there. But on the other side, this is very easy. How about, how about, going with Ian book? Can you go, can you give me an Ian book? Ian book is easy. There you go. Yeah. Ian book so is very me. easy. Explain this to me, book it indeed. Explain this to me. We're all old enough to remember Jimmy Clausen, Brady Quinn, Tony Rice, uh, Ron Paulus, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. Some of the quarterbacks that have played for Notre Dame over the years. And they've all got their shine when Notre Dame. Ron
2: Paulus, four highs with trophies. (laughs) The late great Vino Cook, he did say he'd win a couple. No, I just remember that. I just remember that. I was like in high school or something. I just remember when he signed with Notre Dame. It was like four highs. I'm like, this dude must be fired. Then I played against him. I was like, oh, man, please.
1: (laughs) So at the end of the day, this guy, Book, might be. Straight fire. And so here we are. It's a top four Notre Dame team that's undefeated. I mean, if you're the quarterback of Notre Dame and Notre Dame is this good, this guy should be falling off the tip of the tongue of every sports fan in America. But he's not. What do we need to know about this dude heading into Saturday evening?
2: Well, what happens in these situations is the hype train starts, right? Trevor Lawrence has been hyped up since his freshman year. And so when you start that, then Justin Fields and just all some of the other quarterbacks in college football – become the story. Notre Dame's quarterback has it he took over for Wimbush, I believe, at some point in
1: time. Brandon Wimbush. Brandon Wimbush. Transferred in. to Central Florida.
2: Then he got then he got uh banged up, then he missed some time and it was kinda like some quarterback back and forth carousel. Then he finally took over and took controls of it. He will get the notoriety as Notre Dame continues to keep winning, much like Coach Kelly said. They've got to get through that. They gotta figure out how to kick the door open and if this year is is the, the the year for them to kick that door open, then you'll hear more about Ian Book. Guys like this that you don't hear a lot about turn out to be better pro players than they are college players. Why? Because systems, things that they do. Where Notre Dame, much like Coach Kelly said, we're going to run the ball. They want to run the ball. They want to run the ball. They want to the play smash-mouth. They may not feel that they got all the receivers that they need now that Claypool is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool, former Notre Dame uh, uh, wide receiver, is now in the NFL. That's a weapon that's lost, the tied ends that they keep losing. So when you start to look at it, maybe the, maybe the system doesn't allow him to put up the big, huge numbers that we're talking about him every every single time. Out like we're talking about some of the other quarterbacks in college football.
0: Zubin, since you're the almanac of sports that, and but... you have a lot of random facts that are stored, <laughs> it's like Zach and and uh, what's that movie where he was with Mike Tyson, Zubin? What's that movie, Zach Galifianakis? The Hangover. The Hangover, right? Seeing yes. all the numbers, algorithms going on in your mind. So to put it in perspective, Ian, Ian Book, 2,500 2, passing yards, mm-hmm. 500, 500 rushing yards, mm-hmm. and 30 TD passes in a season. Who's the only other player in FBS to reach those milestones?
1: That's in a great question. Who is it? I was asking you. I don't know. That's What's a great... the question? Jalen Hurts.
2: Oh, okay. Whoa. whoa. I was going to I didn't hear. That's some good company, though, right? I had a producer in my ear, so I didn't hear what you were saying about something in numbers, but you answered it. Passing,
1: mm. rushing, touchdowns. Ian Book in company with Jalen Hurts, who had a. Jalen Hurts. Hurts.
2: That's the answer. Yes. <laughs>
1: What if the answer was Uliangalele? Could you have come up with that?
2: Uliangale. <laughs>
1: almost,
2: almost. Almost. You got to add Uly- the lale. The lale. Exactly. Uliangalele. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I won't be the only one on sports talk radio or television that botches his name. I told I won't you to be call DJU. No, <laughs> but I, I'm going to get it right. All
1: right. I'm going to get it right. Uh, as Key mangles the alphabet. See, I have go. an easy one, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> let's hit the alphabet by going from A to Z. Oh, great. An easy name here. Antonio Brown. The Bucs have activated (laughs) Antonio Brown as Bruce Arians, his head coach, maps out a potential role in his return, but saying there's a dual path here for the troubled, but really talented wide receiver.
4: He has to handle
5: his own business off the field. On the Mm -hmm. field, just define your role, accept it, embrace it, and uh, make sure you're making the right plays, and uh, we'll get you the ball.
1: I got to tell you, Key, I was watching SportsCenter this morning for the first time ever. I saw Bruce Arians without his Kangol hat on. I couldn't recognize him.
2: I, and me too. I was trying. I, I had to really dive in and look, and then I realized the backdrop bucket here. I'm like, that's oh, Bruce. Okay. He, he looked,
0: could have been his brother. He looked like he's Santa Claus with that face mask <laughs> on. I the wasn't going I I was, to right I, I go into
2: the gray <laughs> yeah, everywhere. I was like, whoa. He's gotten very gray here A lean recently. A Santa Claus. But here's what I would say about AB. AB just needs to do what he could do on the football field. I understand he's had major issues off the field, you know, and I, and I get it. I understand that. But he's dealing with that. His legal team is dealing with that. Let's concentrate on the football field. He can help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for sure. Now, will he play 60 snaps? Probably not. It's probably a 20 to 30 snap type deal for him. But when he's on the field, he's going to be effective. I
0: wonder how much the legal team has made over the last couple of years. Oh,
2: boy. Why? It's just a, a random I, fair I question.
0: don't care okay, sorry. about his legal issues. You're the one I brought up legal I'm talking team. about
2: because... Zubin said something about it, so I just want to push that to the side and talk about him on the field. Because clearly, if anything happens off the field, he's gone. He's gone, yes.
1: Also, billable hours will ensue. Okay, last thing. I want to get into this because you guys are so hot on this yesterday, and this is one of our great topics. ESPN College football analyst David Pollack this morning over on Get Up with Greeny and Company on ESPN saying he's going to go. He's got the Hulk Hogan ear out. Here we go. Fields? Over Lawrence in the draft,
0: I still think when I'm comparing him, he's a he's a more athletic Dak Prescott. So if I'm, I'm if I'm looking for a guy like that to build my future around, I think he that's pretty daggum solid. I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Are you telling me that if you were making the pick, you would consider taking Fields ahead of Lawrence as right now? Yeah, I would start considering that now. From what I'm seeing so far, and again, we're only two games in for Ohio State, but he's definitely on track to me to to just making this decision a lot more difficult than we thought it would be before the season.
1: Both the fellas are loving that call. Key, Jay?
2: What? What do you want me to say, Key? I want you to say something. I want you to tell me what the experts told you. I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm the one who's been saying I Uh,
0: think Justin Fields is incredible
2: talent. Rewind the tape. That's all I... I, What tape? It's off in Pluto. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But but, but I think, look, man, uh, all I want to say is much like I was saying yesterday and even maybe the day before and even before that, there's a long process to this thing. It's not slam dunk today. It's just not. You got a lot to go through. When they hit January, when the season is over, remember this, Jay, much like in the NBA, head coaches make these decisions on certain players.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No, Tell me a head coach you think has had the opportunity and a time to see either one of these quarterbacks perform live in person. Not one. The first time that they'll get to see them live in person is when the season is over in high, sc- high school, in pro football, and they go to the combine, they go to the senior bowl, they go to the all-star games, they go to their private workouts. That's the first time. I'm not drafted no damn quarterback number one or two
0: based on some film. I'm not doing that. Well, I mean, I need to see him. In in the way that you argued, if the Jets have the first pick and the Giants have the second pick, either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields will go third. That's what you're saying, pretty much, right? Because you're saying no,
2: no. What 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 I'm saying is,
0: I know, I I know what you're saying about number one, and at your point is well taken. I hear what you're saying. It's not enough time to assess. I'm asking you to take another step further. If the Jets had the first pick, the Giants had a second pick, are you still on record by saying that you are going to stay with Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones? Y-
2: and you yes, take, yes, yes. So yes.
0: you're saying these quarterbacks? Yes. If they have the first pick, they will be the third pick in the draft. I'm moving out of the one and the two spot. If you want them, cool. I
2: got something for you. I got so if you want Trevor Lawrence or you want Justin Fields or you want to move up to the one or two spot, fine. Give me your 2021, give me your 2021-2, two. give me your 2022-1, give me your 2022-2, two. give me your 2023, you can Hold
0: have him. him. If him you ransom. feel
2: like this is the guy, go right ahead. We got our guy. We got our guy named Danny Dimes, and we got our guy named,
0: uh, what's his Sam name? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. <laughs> we
2: got <him>. That's right. <laughs> we got these two guys. You can have them. Okay, I don't need a quarterback. I'm good with the ones that I have. I'm getting ready to build my damn roster and get ready to make a run at the n f c east and the a f c east period
1: very interesting, so it's those two guys, Danny Dimes. And Sam Darnold and those two guys that'll be at the top of the 2021 draft for somebody, maybe the Jets or the Giants or somebody Man, else. And I'm going to Lawrence.
2: get me some horses to put them around, round them dudes, and we get ready to win. Some third Trevor Brents. Lawrence
0: and Justin Fields are like, thank you, Jets. <laughs> thank you. It
2: ain't bad playing in New York if you're getting it done. I, I,
1: I hear you on that. That is for sure. On the way, two cities the NBA left behind. Could they be returning to one of them this season?
4: By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C com.
1: Nick Nurse, the man who brought a championship along with Kawhi to Canada for the first time in NBA history. Nick is a new book, Rapture 15 Teams, Four Countries, One NBA Championship and how to find a way to win damn near anywhere. And that's because Nick has pretty much coached anywhere and everywhere to get his NBA stop. Good morning, Coach. Thanks for being with us. I want to go to brass tacks here real quick. Reports have surfaced that because of the border closing between the United States and Canada, that the Raptors may have to find a new home. New Jersey, the former home of the Nets, and Kansas City, you have to be old enough for this one, the former home of the Kings, have been considered. So tell me what's going on with the possibility of you guys playing your games this year in the United States.
5: Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, we certainly want to play here in Toronto. Um, but, you know, the, the government's uh, lockdown thing's pretty, pretty um, tight here. Uh, obviously, you guys know the Blue Jays played in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, our soccer team, uh, Toronto FC, played in Hartford. So uh, we're, we're trying to make sure we can play here in Toronto, but we've got to make alternate plans B and C just in case we, we're not allowed to.
0: Coach, there's been some pushback from some players about the start line that start date that's being proposed by Adam Silver before December on December 22nd about players not getting enough rest. Do you think that's too early of a start date?
5: Uh, I do not. I do not. I think I think I, I got to remember right, but I think we had about four months off already <laughs> already this year, can't we? So, so I think we get four and another two. I think that's six. That's a, that's a that's a that's a lot of rest for one calendar year. Coach, what we're ready to go. We're ready to go.
2: Coach, what have the conversations been like with some of your players and executives about the possibility of starting on the twenty second or before in December?
5: Well, um, you know, we think that it's a, a realistic possibility, and we're trying to make plans that that is that is the date. I mean, if things get pushed back, we can always adjust things. But we're we're you know planning on. 22nd, the ball going up. So that means training camp's going to be early December, and we're, we're trying to make those plans to get, get going for that.
1: Real quick, Coach, before this fellas jump in, I want to give you just a, a quick note of context. When you guys won the championship, obviously you won it pre-pandemic, there was 131 days between the day you and Kawhi hoisted it until the time you opened the next season. The Lakers, in this scenario, if we start in and around December 22nd, Coach, they'll have just 72 days off. So I just want to kind of mention that's almost half as much time. Key, Jay?
0: Coach, you obviously coached all the way around the world. Um, you know, is there any defining moment that you've had within your coaching career that's ultimately led you to this moment? And if so, what would it be? Well Jay, I
5: think I think probably um once I came back from from uh being over in Europe for a long time and and getting in the D League and winning that, that first championship with the Iowa Energy in Des Moines, Iowa I thought, okay, maybe we're maybe we're getting close to getting a getting a call up to the NBA and um, doing it at that level, you know, in front of a lot of NBA people. I thought maybe that was probably a defining defining moment. I, I mean, listen, if I don't have that Iowa Energy job, I don't think I'm I'm sitting where I am right now. That's the one that catapulted me probably to the NBA.
2: Nick Nurse, Raptors head coach, joining us here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. His new book, Rapture, fifteen teams. Four countries, one NBA championship, and how to find a way to win damn near anywhere. (laughs) What a great title. Beat my title, that's for sure. I love it. I got to grab this book and read up on it because I'm sure there's some great experiences I could take from you being all over the world and winning. How was that, though, when you know that you got to move from basically city to city, country to country, to coach something that you love?
5: Well, it's tough. I think the toughest thing about it is uh, every season ended, and you always wondered where you were going to be next year. You know, it was it was no there was no multi-year deals getting signed or, or any of those kind of things. You were you were hecking some of those jobs. I think in the belt, the the, the job I had in Belgium, it was it was. I was wondering where I was going to be week to week. It was <laughs> like. Uh, it was like, you got to win this game this Saturday or you're, or you're packing your stuff up uh, several times during that season. So that, just the uncertainty of it was, was difficult. But, man, looking back, I loved all those jobs. You know, at the, that time in my life, they meant the world to me, and I was just trying to get better at my craft and, and win, you know?
2: What was it like, though, being able to just taste all the different cuisines from different places? <laughs> I mean, like, that had to be that great. That had to be great.
5: It was, it was great. That was, it was probably the reason I stayed over there a little longer than I thought. I, I originally went over there to just get a year of head coaching experience back in 95 and end up staying 10, 11 years after that. Um, and the travel was what was what, like you just mentioned, just being able to go to all those countries. So accessible, we played games and hey, one season I was coaching, we played a game in 15 different countries, you mm. know? So wow. that's, that's uh you know, when you're young, you're 20, your 20s, 20, early 30s, and you're traveling around Europe coaching basketball, it's pretty fun.
0: Coach, let's get back into your roster for one second. Obviously, you know, you have the Brooklyn Nets who are coming into this season with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Milwaukee is still be there with Giannis. Miami, obviously, getting to the World Championship. Uh, what do you guys need to do to continue to bolster your way to the top of the Eastern Conference to get back to winning a world title?
5: Yeah, I mean, Jay. First of all, our team fits together really good, right? And they prove, they prove they can they can win a lot of games and prove they can pretty much duke it out with everybody. So keeping most of our core together is the first key. And then just like just like everybody else, we need to add add kind of the next best available players, you know. And I always say that through the middle of the lineup, you know, I think we've got the the point guards and the bigs figured out, but you, you can never have too many wing players and that's probably um, where I'd like to see us bolster the lineup a little bit with with some depth.
0: Nick speaking of wing players Pascal Siakam you know a lot of people were saying that he was ready to carry the torch after Kawhi went to LA Uh, there were some struggles in the bubble now a lot of different things happen with that do you think this year he is ready to become that player that we expect him to be?
5: well he's gonna. He, he was he was really firing on all cylinders you know going into march eleventh i mean he was really playing well and continuing to to trend up you know uh closing games uh fourth quarter clutch shots all those things and then the 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 pandemic hits and the and the layoff it set him back for whatever reason um you know the 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 layoff and the bubble he wasn't quite the same player um I really believe in him he's a fantastic person fantastic worker um has a great great um uh, just set up you know just he knows what being a pro is uh works works daily at it so i have every confidence that he's going to be be ready to go when we start the new season
1: no pun intended last thing coach i heard you say it duking it out for a win after jay will asks a question that didn't escape my mind last thing for you here coach the first yeah i know i got you the last time you were on you told us yeah the last time you were on you told us this great story about being a player coach in england where the bus broke down on the side of the road you had to actually get out and fix the bus then get back and drive the bus and coach the team but i want to go further back your assistant nate borkman just got a job as the head coach of the pacers you were from carroll iowa small town america he is from Storm Lake, Iowa, Small Town America. This ain't small town Indiana, Coach, right? Where they love hoops. How did two guys from small town Midwest America make it to the top of the NBA?
5: Well, that's a good question. I think I think um there's some there's some work ethic there. There's uh having some success at a lot of levels there, and there's some certainly the ball bouncing your way and some some breaks happening, right? I think I think um, you know these jobs are hard to get. There's only 30 of them, and you got to have uh, some breaks fall your way to get one. And and uh, I think both of us, you know, we put in some work and put in our time and stayed patient. But we certainly got our breaks, and we're very fortunate.
1: That's that Midwestern humbleness key, right? I mean, that's Midwestern humbleness yes, for thank, sure. Thanks a lot, coach. And and I'm gonna
2: figure out how to get this book. Okay, let and- me know if you need one, man. <laughs>
1: It's, right. on, it's, it's called Rapture, 15 teams, four countries, one NBA championship, and how to find a way to win damn near anywhere. Coach, I hope we see you on December 22nd or somewhere around there and the NBA starts right when the commission wants. Thanks for taking some time this morning.
0: Good luck to you, Nick.
5: All right, all right guys. Thanks. Have a great
1: day. And one of the great, great rags to riches stories of all yeah. time. I'm telling you right,
0: offensive-minded genius. I know that Joe Douglas has said this about Adam Gase. <laughs> that is not Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse actually is the genius.
2: Well, clearly he's won a championship yes. where the Jets can't <laughs> win a game. So
1: when's the last time somebody said if it wasn't for Des Moines, Iowa, you know I never would have made it to the NBA. That's why he's unique. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, more cowboy conversation. Who should the team start Sunday against the undefeated Steelers? And no, none of the above is not a proper answer.
4: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: All right. Put you on the spot. That was... For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer
2: your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Earlier this morning, you Key, got was, it, Key. Key was you like got a batter it. in a slump. Key was over 15 there. All right, so here we go. Give it one more shot. Live on the air.
2: DJ Ula Lega. <laughs> what? Ula Lega? Whatever, man. That's fine. He knows what I'm saying. He, when he's DJ listening or it's, it's it's fine. But here's what I would say before we let you go. So this bag of candy. Mm-hmm. Baby Ruth, $1,000 bar, Butterfingers, and Crunch. Key's right? holding up a bag of candy right now. A bag of now. candy. Snickers, everything right in okay. there, Jay Will. Yep. Out on the table. Zubin goes out there. Rather than get that, he went and got an almond damn joy. An almond joy. An almond joy.
1: The best three things since Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Chocolate, coconut, and almond. Okay? An almond joy.
0: Uh, so you're on the chocolate train.
1: Almond um, Joy, though. Coconut. That's you like, don't like coconut? That's
2: like grandmother-grandfather candy in a bowl No, of that's cream. like
1: a Werther's original when the grandfather... Hey, would you like a butterscotch Werther's or oh, That's like a grandpa. God. This is totally different. Ugh. This is crispy, just, crunchy, and creamy all at once. I yeah, cannot. I need a huge box. I mean, look at the pub we've just given there. You also <laughs> like Sour
0: Patch Kids in the morning at 5 a.m. One of the more popular candies Sour of Sour Patch Kids though.
2: is fine. When have you walked into a convenience store and bought Almond Almond Joy.
0: When, Jay Will? Yes, sir. Never! Never.
1: <laughs> Never.
0: You walk right past that. That's a very expensive piece of candy. I don't I don't know what that candy is. If a, I,
1: if a kid rolls to my house, like back in the old days when people could actually come to your house and trick-or-treat, uh, and I gave a kid an almond joy. Like, say I gave your eight-year-old son, Vance, an almond you joy. You know where that's
2: going? Where's that going? In the giveaway basket. Come on.
1: Man. I promise you. <laughs> if you it's give go- it back to me, I'd eat it. <laughs>
2: we recycle it that way. When we run out of candy at our door, especially in L.A., we used to... All You're the candy re-gifting like candy? Yes, absolutely. Like- well, see,
0: at, the, at the convenience store. I used to shop as a little kid. I grew up, not until I got out of Plainfield, New Jersey, I, I had no idea they were called now and laters. On my candy, they were called Nihilators. Yeah, now and laters. Yeah, but nihilators. Oh. I grew up thinking they were called Nihilators because the
1: candy it, I had, it was called Nihilators. And it wasn't they, called now and later. It's what they they annihilate your teeth, right? Apparently there's...
0: so. Uh,
2: I'm enjoying yeah, yeah, re-gift candy. As I found candy. out
0: years later with the
1: tooth. All bad
2: candy, you re-gift. <laughs> You re-gift all bad candy, and then you be you're known as the bad candy house. Do yes. you re, do you regift Christmas presents? I'm not going to tell you what I do for Christmas. You just told me that the you regift. Candy, candy is anyway. different <laughs> because people will think in case you're that, listening. just in case they're listening <laughs> that a gift that they gave me, I will give to J Will in February because I didn't see him. I'm sure you see, will though. I, didn't, I would not put it back. I didn't you. see J Will for three weeks, so hey man, here go your gift, dog. I You know, yeah, you and t- it's one that Zuby gave me. <laughs> that would be the birthday gifts, right? Just put them all in
0: one bunch together. Oh, Just recycle them. The it's, birthday it's gifts,
2: you know, because we have young kids, you go to a lot of parties, and you get a lot of gifts for your kids. And sometimes you get the same gift, but you may have a party you have to go to two weeks from now. You may decide <laughs> to package that gift up and
0: give it to somebody. I'm just saying. I don't see anything wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's getting a gift. A lot At the end of the day, a lot of kids don't get gifts. What, get I don't, gift.
2: what I don't do is take gifts back to the store in exchange. I won't do that. Huh. I, I just won't wear it or I just, you know, I just give it away or something. But I won't go back to the store.
1: I'll be wearing it on my sleeve. I still love you. I'm enjoy single serving package. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. We're also brought to you by Shell. Get more time to listen to our show by going to Shell, getting three things done at once. First, full up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus, then save up with the Fuel Rewards Program, finally snack up to save even more at the pump, make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. Last word, Danucci, Gilbert, Rush. Doesn't matter. Who's going to be out there when the Steelers are rushing at the Cowboys Sunday?
2: Uh, it doesn't matter. They should just run the football like 60 times and call it a day, maybe one or two <laughs> trick plays, and that's it. I did it in Carolina when we had Chris Winky at quarterback. We played the Atlanta Falcons. Look it up. I think we threw the ball a total of five times, and that's it. And we ran the ball with Deshaun Foster and D'Angelo Williams like 50 times. Mm. We would not let Chris Winky throw the ball.
1: Winky the old Heisman winner. Yeah,
2: would I mean, not let Chris Winky throw the ball. And we won the game. Just do what
0: Minnesota just did this past weekend. Right, right. Just do what they did. It's the same exact thing you're talking no, about. No, just hand it the ball works. off. I mean, hev- you know Cousins heavy... threw the ball 16 times. A That's heavy, it? a
2: heavy dose. Of Zeke. A heavy dose. Beat yeah.
1: him. He's got to step it up. He's had a bad couple last games. He's a heavy really dose of struggled.
2: Zeke. A heavy dose.
1: What? That's such a cliche, but what is a young quarterback's best friend? And all these dudes are three young quarter. He got to have a running game. He got to have a running on back to back plays. Our hey,
2: offensive I, line though I, is is you know you know what the offensive line is. We said it a million times. They're not the same. They're all banged up. Is it's,
1: it's <laughs> we're up here on
0: national radio and TV telling Ezekiel Elliott to running against the best pass rush defense in the league. Look what they did to King Harry. But go ahead, Ezekiel. Good luck with that.
1: Yes, on the show tomorrow, take it or shake it when a Key's great games will give you a topic. You like it, you don't. You'll like Rob Demoski to preview Thursday night football, Packers 49ers, rematch of the NFC Championship game. Win some money with gambling expert Joe Fortenbaugh and the NFL's best insider. Keys on first take. I'm enjoy for life.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.